Hey, good. So I mistimed my walk really bad just then. I forgot to put this on. I realized that I needed some sort of voice loudering thing. Um, but it's good to finally make it to the front with you guys. I'm excited to look through this next chunk. It's one of the coolest chunks in the Bible, I reckon. Um, and one of the coolest emotions, segue, one of the coolest emotions that I think we as humans can possibly have is awe. I reckon yesterday could have been one of those moments where you could have just been in awe. Yesterday was crazy. There were some strikes of lightning that were huge. And when, when you're, we as humans long for those moments where we can stare at the lightning when we're, when we're far, far away, we're not, when we're not intense, when we're far away or when we're in a house, where we can stare at the lightning and we can be in awe. When we can look up at the mountains and we can be in awe. When we can see the water wreaking havoc on a rock face and just stare and be in awe. One of the greatest memories that I have um, was sitting on a hill in Crescent Head um, at night time. It's a beautiful place, staring, staring at the moon in the sky and the stars in the sky over the ocean and just sitting there and being in awe. We are people that are made to be in awe. We love it. We live for it. Which is why we hate it when there's no awe in our lives. In fact, I reckon that's what makes school so hard. There's no awe at school. There's nothing there that, that blows your mind or takes your breath away. You've got your math class, you've got your English, you've got your trigonometry. None of that puts you in awe. Oh, you'll find out, James. You'll find out. And oh, the joys you'll have. But if you can get this passage this morning, if you can get what you're in touch with. In fact, this morning we're going we're gonna to look at if you can get who you're in touch with, you could be a person who is always in awe, who lives in awe, no matter what you are doing and no matter where you are. Because yesterday we saw that we're in touch with a, with a worldwide, divine, life-changing movement. But this morning we're going to look at who we're in touch with, Jesus. And these verses we're looking at are maybe the most packed description of who Jesus is in the whole Bible. Every little phrase in this little section is life-changing. It's huge. But what I want to do with you this morning is I'm going to fly over this passage. We're going to do that together. And we're going to get a taste of who we're in touch with. And if we can do that, we'll be people who live in ever-increasing awe. We're going to look at this chunk and the person of Jesus under two headings. Supreme over creation and supreme over the new creation. And it's under these two headings that we're going to be confronted with a person of Jesus. And it's my prayer that as we see him, we will be left in awe. Let's pray that now. Why don't you bow your heads? Dear God, as we come to your word this morning, please help us to see who you are. Amen. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to take out your pen and write this down because the first thing that we're going to see is Jesus is supreme over creation. Have a look at your Bibles at verse 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, there's three things I want you to get from those verses. The first one is, he is the ruler over everything. You see that in verse 5, verse 15, sorry. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, a bunch of you guys looked at the idea of the Son being the image of the invisible God this morning in Read and Pray. Um, If you've got any questions about that, I want to encourage you to chat to a leader, because we're going to look at the second half of that verse. Have a look at it again. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, this verse isn't saying that Jesus was born first, because Jesus is someone who has always existed. If you've got questions about that, have a look at John 1, and they'll explain how. Firstborn in this verse is referring to the idea that Jesus is next in line to rule. Because as we look at the book of Colossians, we've got to remember that we're, we're looking at a book that's 2,000 years, 2000 years old. And back in those days, when Jono was a young kid, the firstborn was the next in line to get everything that their parents ruled over. And so, if you were the firstborn of the king of England, one day you'd rule over England. Now, what's this verse saying? This verse is saying, Jesus is the firstborn over all of creation, which means... One day, he's going to rule over everything. That is worth reflecting on. Jesus is the next in line to rule over everything. It isn't girls who run the world. It's Jesus who runs the world. Sorry, Beyonce. And he runs literally the whole world. Now, you've got to ask, how could Jesus be the one who gets to rule over everything? Well, because the second thing you've got to see, he is the creator of everything. Have a look at your Bibles at verse 16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus was involved in creating everything. If you want to read about how he was involved in creating everything, have a look at John 1 again. That's really helpful. But for us, the thing to see is that Jesus was involved in creating everything. I want to give you a scope of what that means. Here's a picture of Earth. This is where we all live. See if you can spot yourself on that picture. You can't. There's no Australia. That's a trick question. But even if there was Australia, there's no way that you could see yourself on that. And that is where, because we're too small, that is where 7 billion people are living right now. And you can't see a single one of them. That is where all people throughout all of history have lived. They've worked there, they've slept there, they've they've gone to school there. Everyone has lived on that one blue planet. Now it's worth saying that that planet's pretty incredible because it is the only planet in the whole universe that we've found life on. But other than that, it's pretty insignificant. Here is our Earth compared to the sun. I don't know if you can see that, but we're a little dot down here. That should blow your mind. We're a little larger than a pixel on the screen. The sun puts our little planet to shame. In fact, if, if this was the earth, if this was the earth, 
the sun would be the size of this auditorium twice over. The sun's huge. But our sun isn't particularly special either. In fact, our sun is one of 70,000 million, million, million stars. Which to get a sense of is the same amount of grains of sand there are on the whole planet of Earth if each grain of sand was worth 10,000 stars. In this, in this bowl, we have over a trillion stars. And then you imagine all of the beaches on the world, all of the sand at the bottom of the sea, all of the volleyball courts throughout the world, every grain of sand is worth 10,000 stars. And so, as you can imagine, if there's that many stars in the world, our sun isn't a particularly special star either. And when you compare it to the other stars, it becomes clear it's a very average star. Have a look at the sun compared to the largest star that we've seen. In the first picture, you can't even see it. It's only when you zoom in that you can see our sun is a dot in comparison to this star. And do you know what? Our Jesus created all of it. But not only did he create it, he is the sustainer of all things. Have a look at verse 17 with me. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus didn't just create it and then leave it. Jesus is involved in holding all of the things in the world together. Jesus is the one that is holding our planet in perfect orbit around the sun. Do you know that if the strength of gravity changed by 0.00000 with 60.06%, then all of the universe would cease to be. Jesus is the one holding our universe together. Do you know if the rate that the universe expanded changed by 0.0 with 120.01%, then the universe would either fall apart or collapse together? Do you know he holds life together? If the ratio of mass to energy changed by 0.0, Zero, 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 zero. That isn't even as many zeros as there are. That isn't even 1% of the amount of zeros there are. If you times the amount of zeros on that by a trillion, you still wouldn't be anywhere near the amount of zeros there are. If the ratio of mass to energy changed by that much, life would cease to be. And our Jesus holds it together. Some people think that science and God are opposites. You've got to believe one or the other. But that's not true at all. Science should help you appreciate who Jesus is. But Jesus isn't just holding the things out there together. He's holding you together right now. Jesus is telling your heart 
to beat right now. Every beat of your heart is Jesus telling it to beat. Feel your heartbeat. Do it. Feel your heartbeat. You guys are feeling Jesus holding you together right now. Every second of every day, he is the one keeping your heart beating. And so, Jesus is supreme over all of creation. He is the ruler, he is the creator, and he is the sustainer. But the second thing to see is Jesus is supreme over the new creation. Now, the new creation is what's coming. The Bible says that this life isn't it, that there is a life to come, and Jesus is supreme over it. Have a look in your Bibles again at verse 18. Read along with me. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he may have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have his, all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Again from those verses, I want to pick up three things of why Jesus is supreme in the new creation, but this time I'm going to do it in a slightly different order. The first one I want you to see is he's the sustainer of all that is to come. Have a look at the start of verse 18 with me. And he is the head of the body of the church. Jesus, the one who rules over all creation, that created everything, the stars and the planets that sustains all things, is also the one who is the head of the church. He is the head of us and all Christians across earth. Jesus, the supreme one in all of creation, has decided to take a special interest in us. He is the head of the worldwide, divine, life-changing church. He is the one who sustains it. The second thing to see is he is the ruler of all that is to come. Keep reading on in verse 18. And he's the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. Do you see the word firstborn in that verse again? That's that ruler idea. In this verse, we see that he will be the ruler of all those who are raised into the new creation, those who are in the church. He'll be our ruler. In the creation to come, Jesus will be the king, the ruler. And the third thing to see from these verses is he's the creator of all that is to come. Have a look at verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It was through Jesus that God fulfilled his plan and his promises. You see, God wanted all things to be brought back to him, to be reconciled for the rebellion and the disobedience that broke his world to be put to an end, for there to be a new creation where things were just as God intended them to be, and Jesus put that plan into motion. Jesus died. Let that sink in. Jesus died. The one who created everything came to be a speck on a speck in his universe that he created, 
and was put to death that he may bring everything back to himself, all of it, that he might be the start of the new creation. He is the creator of all that is to come, where all things are reconciled to himself. And so you can see why Paul wrote at the end of verse 18, come back with me to verse 18, and he is the head of the body of the church, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Jesus is the ruler, creator, sustainer of all that is and all that will come. He is supreme. And the craziest thing is this was written about a guy who had lived with Paul 30 years earlier. Jesus' brother, his brother was still probably walking around in Jerusalem. And Paul was saying he was supreme over everything. Could you imagine that being said about you in 30 years' time? Little John was supreme over all things. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. This wasn't a legend. It wasn't a story that built up over years. Paul, who saw Jesus, wrote this, that the man he saw was supreme over everything. If you're a Christian, do you know what you're in touch with? You're in touch with the one who is supreme over all. You're in touch with the one who is behind every strike of lightning, every crash of thunder. You're in touch with the one who created the mountains and the hydrogen element, who created the very substance of water, who put all the birds in the sky. You're in touch with someone who created all those things, who sustains all those things, who rules over all of those things. Your life could be lived in awe. Be someone who leaves this auditorium and sees all the different trees and all the birds and is left in awe by the one who created every single one of them. Be someone who tonight, when the stars come up, stares at them and thinks, I'm in touch with the one who created every single one of those. Who could hold creation in the palm of his hand. Who by a word brought everything into existence. Be someone who sings songs of the death of this Lord and is struck by his love. That Jesus would come to be a speck on a speck in the vastness of the universe and die to bring you back. Do you remember how I talked about that night, the one where I was sitting on a hill in Crescent Head, staring at the moon and the stars? Do you know what made that night really special? I was there with a bunch of my Christian mates. And we weren't just sitting there. We were singing. We were singing to the one who created all of the things we could see. 
We were singing to the one who put the stars in the sky, put the moon in the sky, and who bled and died to bring us back to him. We were singing in awe. And that's what I want to do with you guys right now. I want to take a moment for us to sing together, to reflect together on the one who created all things, who rules over all things, who sustains all things. Um, So I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to sing a song. And this song is called, How Great Thou Art. Now, lots of you might not know this song, but I want to encourage you to be someone who, as we, sing, as we sing this song, reflect on the words that we are singing, even if you don't know the tune. Because this is the God who so loved you. Reflect on the, what Jesus created. Consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And He's not just the one that created all those things. He's the one that came down and died on the cross for you. Reflect on these verses. Oh, can we skip this verse? Sorry, Zach. And man, I think. That God is son, not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, that on the cross. Albert and Albert and gladly bear. That one, he bled and died to take away. To take away my sin. How could we not? Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great is he? How great thou art. How great thou art. Then we sing. Then sings my soul, my Savior you God to thee. How great, how great thou art. 
how great thou art. And one day, He's going to take every single one of you that is trusting in Him to sit before His throne. Let's sing when Christ shall come. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then we shall bow. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then we sing then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Dear Lord, we cannot comprehend who You are, that You would be the one who could create all things that rules over everything, that sustains us, but would die on a cross for us. May we be blown away by that. Amen. Have a seat. I wanna finish by reflecting on a couple of things. We as people know the one who created rules and sustains all things. And we know the one who sustains the church, us. We know the one who will rule over the life to come. And we know the one who died for us. Let's be people that stand in awe of him. And I say this one thing from this talk the more that you guys spend this week reflecting on that Jesus, the more that you'll be filled with awe. And so make it your aim this week to reflect on one or two of those verses we've just read each morning and consider that Jesus, the one that you are in touch with. And I wanted to say one last thing to those that don't know Jesus. This is the week that he's calling you to himself. He's calling you under his rule. He's inviting you to live a life of awe. And he died to make it possible. He deserves your life. He created you. He sustains you. And he's worth giving your life to. He died for you. And so will you this week. I'm going to pray now. Dear Lord, you are truly incomprehensible. We cannot grasp your glory, your power, your authority. You are beyond us 
us even understanding. But Lord, would we be people who seek to understand more and more each day? Would we be people that seek to be more and more amazed by your glory? Lord, I pray that this week would be a week that we reflect on you and who you are and are blown away. And Lord, for those that don't know you yet, Lord, we ask that you'd call them to yourself, that you'd be softening their heart, and that you'd be bringing them to be part of what we have, knowing the God that created them, knowing that they're loved by the one that created them. Amen.